Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Speaking into um, what you believe God wanted to say into the house today was um, so in line with what I'm bringing. And I love that. I love it when God has laid something on my heart and then the the whole service seems to go and you go, oh yeah, there's God. God's moving. God's wanting to say something. God's wanting to shift things. He's wanting to do something fresh and something new in our lives. And so today I know exactly what you said. Something's got to break. Amen. And I believe today we are going to see things break. Are you ready for that? Who wants something to break off their life? Awesome. This side does. Awesome. But we're going to believe for God to do something extraordinary today. All right. So we've come off 21 days of prayer and fasting. Today is our last day of that prayer and fasting. And it doesn't mean that we don't continue to pray. And you can continue to fast different things over a period of time. But we've dedicated this last 21 days as a church and as a movement across the whole of Australia coming together to pray that God was going to do something supernatural in our midst. Now, we've heard many different messages over this time on prayer, on fasting. Wayne's preached. We've had others speak and talk into this. And today, my message is, how do we react to unanswered prayer? How do we react to unanswered prayer? All right, hands up. You can all be honest. Who has got a prayer that you have prayed but you have not seen the answer to? Exactly. We're all in the same boat, aren't we? We're all in that boat where we're saying, come on, God, we're believing for you to do this, but we haven't actually seen it take place yet. It's so easy to get excited when we see evidence of answered prayer. Now, I've seen evidence of answered prayer. I've seen God moving. I've seen him heal. I've seen him um, provide finances for people. I've seen him speak into people's lives and cause them to shift to Coffs Harbour. You know? That's God. Everybody's quiet going, are you saying that it's good they're gone? (laughs) They're online, I'm sure. No, what I'm saying is when God speaks, we act and we see the answer. But what do we do when we don't see the answer yet? What do we do when we've been believing for something and we still don't see that God has outworked that in the manner that we would like for him to do that? When I was a little girl, that was a long time ago, when I was this little girl I, um, in Papua New Guinea, I had very, very bad ears, very infected ears. And of course, in Papua New Guinea, you couldn't get any antibiotics. There was no doctor to take your child to if the ears were bad. So I continually lived with these infections in my ear. By the time we got back to Australia, um, it didn't. It continued. In the end, I had three operations on one ear and one operation on the other ear to fix my ears and continue to hope that it would be the end of my journey of having infections. But when I was in my 30s, I had an infection after the operation and the infection did not go away. I had an infection in my ear for five years five whole years of pain, constant um, yuck, 
constant doing, going back to the doctors, tried every antibiotic, got to the point where they even had to get authority on one from Canberra because that was the strongest one they could possibly find to try and get rid of this infection. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story is because every time there was an altar call, guess who was out on it? Me. Praying, believing, God, come on, you can heal my ear. I've had this problem since I was a a child and now I'm 37 or something and I've still got the problem. Could you do something for me? I remember people coming to me and saying, Ruth, I've got a problem with my ear. Could you pray for me? And I'd say, hang on, I'll just get Wayne. Because I wasn't sure if I had the belief that God could heal ears. I know it sounds crazy, right? But this was my issue. Then one day I went to the doctor, just my local doctor, and I said, I'm done. I don't know what else to do. And suddenly he says, oh, there's a remedy they used to do in the war. And it's peroxide, 3% peroxide. So why don't we ring your specialist and see if he's in agreement that you drop this peroxide in your ear to dry up the infection? Got in contact with the doc, uh, with the specialist. He said, "Well, what else have we got to lose? Let's try it." So I got the peroxide. If anybody's ever put peroxide in your ear, it's very scary. You drop it in, and it sizzles, and it's like thing. But it he, it, it was healed. But not just was my infection gone. There was no hole in my ear. My ear was totally and completely made whole. I believe. And that God used my doctor to suddenly come up with a option that was used, but, it, but they said I would still have a hole, but I didn't. That's the miracle working God. Why did it take so long? I don't know. I don't know. But what do you do in the time of unanswered prayer? How do you react? What, what's your reaction in that time? How are you going to be? How are you going to respond to God? And you know, I know that there were areas in me that needed to be dealt with. I needed to understand that regardless of what was happening, God was a powerful God and he could do anything. He could choose when he was going to heal me and when he wasn't going to heal me. It was his choice. See, in Matthew 7, 7 to 11, it says... Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Your parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Here in this passage of scripture, it has been made really, really clear that we are to ask, we are to seek, and we are to knock. You know, this was when Jesus was concluding the Sermon on the Mount, and he was speaking to them again about prayer. See, ask Seek and knock. Ask represents your wants and your burdens to God. Here it says, ask. Come on, bring your burdens and your wants to God. The next bit, seek, means something we value that we have lost. Maybe we feel like we've lost something. Maybe we feel that it's not happening. You know, seek again. Don't be afraid to seek. And then here, knock 
is us coming to God with a constant heart and vice versa. The knocking is us persevering in prayer. It doesn't say ask once. It says keep on asking. God does not want us to give up on asking and knocking. From the start, our unanswered prayers, we are to continue to ask, seek, and keep knocking. So I want to look at something. I want to look at the difference between doubt and unbelief. This is where Mon came in this morning with that scripture from Hebrews about faith. You know, we, the word doubt means a feeling of uncertainty. Unbelief means lack of religious belief or absence of faith. When we have doubt, it's a feeling. A feeling that God isn't going to heal me, bring my loved ones to Jesus, see the situation turned around. Feelings aren't always true. But unbelief, unbelief is an act of the will that refuses to trust and obey Christ. There's a difference. So therefore, as a Christian, doubt is there. But what do we do with the doubt and how are we going to respond to the doubt? It's the unbelief that is the the scary part. It's when we allow unbelief, nah, God can't do that for me. Nah, God can't do it. It's just not going to happen. No, God favours this person over here more than me. No, I don't believe that God can actually do that. When we allow the unbelief in, that's when we sever the fact that God is the God of the impossible, the God that can do all things, the God that in the word says, I can do it. Once the unbelief sets in, we don't believe that anymore. But doubt, doubt's there at times. You know, when Thomas, Jesus comes back to life and Thomas, doubting Thomas, doesn't believe. He says, one of the 12 disciples in John 20, 24 to 29, one of the disciples, 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into my wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord, my God, Thomas explained. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Thomas doubted that Jesus was going to rise again. But remember, Jesus had said, in three days, I will come back. Don't worry, I'm not going to go away. You're going to still have me. But Thomas just had this moment of doubt. He couldn't, he couldn't understand where Jesus was. When they were saying he's back, he's like, oh, I've got to see it. And Jesus was so faithful to Thomas so faithful. It's okay, Thomas. See? See, Thomas? I can do it. But blessed are those that believe that don't see. 
We can't actually physically see Jesus before us. We can't actually physically see the nail scars in his hand or or the wounds in his side. We can't see that. But blessed are those who believe even if they don't see. Sometimes we have not seen the answers to prayer, but we need to understand that our faith and our belief in Jesus is understanding that he can do it. And it's drawing on the past. That's why I love Hebrews chapter 11, because they go through and they go through all these people who had faith to believe that their God could do something. We get the privilege and the absolute honour of being able to read the word and draw from the past and know that he is the God of the impossible, that he can do it. You know, a healthy understanding of doubt should go hand in hand with a healthy understanding of faith. Our church should be a healthy place to express our doubts, but also a place that can help us come back to our faith in God. We're not perfect. You know, when I'm talking about my ear, I know for some people they're like, oh, okay, Ruth. But I, I went through a doubt whether God could actually heal my ear. Would I, was I ever going to be out of pain, God? Was I going to live with this? But God didn't in his time. But I didn't stop having faith in God. I didn't stop believing that he could do the impossible. You know, uh, Bill Johnson, there was a quote by him and he said, questions asked in trust lead to revelation. Questions asked in distrust lead to separation. If you haven't had a prayer answered, don't distrust God because what it actually does is you begin to blame God and you separate from God. And I've seen so many people separate from God because they go, well, God didn't do it for me. God wasn't there for me. God, God didn't answer my prayer on that. I was believing for this, but it didn't happen. You know, years ago, I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again for those that may have not heard it. But we used to have this beautiful lady in our church. Her name was Marlene Mann. And a lot of the older people would know who she was. And she had cancer. And I would pray for Marlene all the time. She was just the most gorgeous woman. And I'm going, come on, God, heal her. And then there'll be certain things that were going on. And we'd pray for that certain thing. And we'd see a turnaround in that. And we'd continue to see God doing miracles. But then one day I get a phone call. Hey, Ruth, can you come to the hospital to Peter Mac? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm on my way. So I go and I take my mum with me because she was really good friends with this woman. And we get to the hospital and I'm expecting to go in to pray for her again. And when I got there, I said to the nurse, I'm here to see Marlene Mann. And she said, oh, you're Ruth? I said, yeah. And she goes, okay, the family are waiting for you. She passed away. And I went, what do you mean? So we walked in. And I walked into this situation with the family, Marlene there, and I just looked at the family and they said, will you pray? I prayed. And then I excused myself and I walked out and I started to cry. And her husband comes out to me 
And he says to me, and these words were profound. He said to me, don't you ever stop believing that God can do the miraculous. Don't you ever stop praying for people to be healed. Don't ever, ever stop because of the situation with Marlene. Because what you need to know is, I believe we had her for 21 years because every time something came up, you as a group of people prayed for that and it, and it slowed down the process. Right now she's with her father in heaven, she's healed. But don't ever stop believing. A grieving husband puts me back in my place. What do you do with unanswered prayer? How do you respond? Do you stop believing that God could do the impossible because you, you prayed and it didn't happen? We're not, the, we're not the determiner, the person that determines whether or not something should take place. We're not the ones that decide whether that miracle should happen. That's in God's hands. But what I do know is that God is the God of comfort, the God of peace, the God of love, the God that's in your room, the God that will never leave you nor forsake you. And as difficult and as hard as the situations at times are, don't take your eyes off God. Don't take your eyes off the one that is the incredible God that can do all things. Sometimes we don't see it the way we want it. But God's on it. And he'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. Unanswered prayers do not mean that God has abandoned you or doesn't love you or that he prefers others. I love this passage of scripture. It's one of my most favorite ones in the whole of the Bible. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death, as the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus, who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord, what a promise. Nothing, nothing. So allow unanswered prayers to motivate you. Let us allow ourselves to be determined, to be motivated, to be more persistent. There's a passage of scripture in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city who said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. 
I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? How many on the earth will have faith? Here we see a woman determined not to give up. Don't give up on your unanswered prayers. Don't give up. Maybe you've been praying for something for 20 years, maybe five years, maybe 50 years, and you're still believing and and crying out and saying, God, come on, I really believe you can do this. Don't give up. Don't stop believing in your God. Don't stop believing that he can do the impossible. You know, what stopped What stops us from being persistent? Number one, often our expectation of God. Sometimes we think God is our genie. Yeah? I shared this story, and I hope Amy Lee's okay with me sharing it. She's not here to get permission if she's online, hopefully. But this is about little Javi. Love my grandson, our grandson. It belongs to both of us. Our grandson, he's six years old. Anyway, he goes to his mum and he says, Hey, mum, I've been praying to Jesus because they've been learning in kids' ministry about, you know, praying and seeking God. And he said, I've been praying to Jesus. And I'd be like, That's great. And he said, Yeah, I'm praying for a genie. She goes, um, There is no such thing as genies, Javi. And starts to explain. He goes, Oh, Okay, she goes, you know, we can go directly to Jesus and pray. Okay, so he closes his eyes there and then and he starts to pray and then he opens his eyes and he runs to his pillow and he lifts up his pillow and he says to Amy Lee, clearly he's not listening, the toy is not there. (laughs) Amy Lee then had to have another discussion about what prayer is and what we use it for. You know, we can laugh about that, but I think sometimes maybe we use God as a genie. And when he doesn't answer, we wonder why. Oh, great, clearly he's not listening. No, he is listening. But our expectation is sometimes there. I love a quote by C.S. Lewis that said, I must often be glad that certain prayers of my own were not granted. When I've been waiting in an airport and I'm praying and believing for the flight to be on time and it's delayed, how many have had that? And you're like, darn it, I just want to go home. And then you find out there's a problem with the aeroplane and you think to yourself, probably really good, we've been delayed. (laughs) Would have been not so good if we were on time and up in the air. Sometimes we don't know what the outcome is, but God does see And sometimes we're expecting the answer today, but God says, I I, I can't answer that one today because if I answer that today, it's going to be really, really an issue. Sometimes it needs to wait. Or sometimes God's doing something within us that it's okay for him to do. 
And he knows the timing. And so it's the way that we come before God in our answered prayer that determines our relationship with God. So what's our motivation in our prayer? Is it the will of God? Align yourself with God's will. And sometimes our prayers are not in alignment with God's will. God, I just want that Mercedes. I know you can give it to me. And he says, no, I'm going to give you the Porsche instead. (laughs) You know, what's in his will? Don't stop praying because it isn't happening. In Philippians 4, 6 to 7, I've used a bit of scripture today. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I can have the musos or Tim or whatever. Thank you. His peace. (laughs) Whichever one. (laughs) Sorry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There are real keys in this passage of scripture that can help us in our lives in the area of prayer. The first one is, it says, tell God what you need. God hears our needs. Come on, don't be afraid. God, I need this. Don't be afraid to speak. Don't be afraid to go before him. The second thing that I love in this passage is, it says, thank him. So we haven't seen the answer. So are you thanking him? Or are you saying, ah, you're not listening. You're not in my room. Come on, let's switch our thinking. If we haven't seen the answer, thank you, God. Thank you that I haven't seen the answer yet, but thank you that I know you're the God of the impossible. Thank you, you can do all things. Thank you, you can turn that situation around. I'm believing that I will see that shifted. I'm believing that you've got this. I'm thanking you, regardless of whether I feel like it's happened or not. I'm thanking you, God, because I know in your time, it will come to pass. I know in your time, you will heal me. I know in your time, you will turn my marriage around. I know in your time, my finances will come better. I know God that you're on the throne. Thank you. And in a thankfulness that comes out of us, it shifts us from being negative and doubting and there accusing God to a place where we surrender and say, not my will, but your will be done. You are the sovereign God. You can do all things. You're the God of the impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing. Guard your heart. If we keep praying with a thankful heart, it brings peace and this peace guards our heart. It's so important that in our disappointment of unanswered prayer, we guard our hearts and never stop praying. Guard your heart. Guard it. The enemy wants unbelief. He doesn't want doubt because he knows that as humans, we all have doubts. But it's when unbelief gets in that separates us from God. It's when that unbelief sets in that we walk away from God. It's when that unbelief sets in that we think he can't do it. And guard your mind. 
Don't let the enemy take over your mind and stop you from believing. I can't tell you why some prayers aren't answered and some don't come out the way we want. But what I can tell you is that God is in control. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God that can do the miracles. We sang all this morning all about it. Everything. The very first song, sing a hallelujah. Sing a hallelujah in the midst of it. But believe that God can do it. You know, as we've looked today, we've seen that doubt can creep in. But we can't allow the doubt to lead to unbelief. Jesus is the same what? Yesterday, today and forever. He healed yesterday. He provided yesterday. He gave peace yesterday. He can do it today and he can do it forever. So right now, if you're online or in the, in the room, maybe you've been crying out saying, God, come on. I want to believe again. I want the doubt to be gone. I don't want to hold this anymore. I want to come back and start praying for that thing that I laid dormant. Some of you have laid some of your prayers down just thinking, oh, what's the point? Come on, let's be like the persistent woman. Let's keep going. Let's ask. Let's seek. Let's knock. Let's continue to go into prayer. Whether we see it the way we want it or not is irrelevant, but let's never stop praying. Let's never stop believing. Let's never stop having faith. Maybe you're believing for a child right now and it hasn't happened. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. God's in this. Maybe you're praying for an unsaved family member and it hasn't happened and you're like, God, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Maybe you're in some financial situation and you're like, God, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. God's the God of the impossible. He's the provider. We have a responsibility to continue to press in in prayer 21 days of prayer and fasting believing we haven't seen all the prayers yet we haven't seen the revival that we're believing for we haven't seen all the seats filled with people crying out the name of Jesus but am I going to stop believing for it oh my goodness no Am I going to keep pressing in and crying out for it? Am I going to keep pressing in and crying out for a greater move of the Holy Spirit, a fresh wind? Am I going to keep pressing in and believing that God can do it, that He is the God of the impossible? Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not possible. Blessed are those that believe that have not seen. Blessed are those. So right now, why don't you stand to your feet, if you could. If you're at home, you, you like, but don't stop pressing in. I'm going to open the front this morning, because when I was praying at home for today, and I've been seeking God, and saying, come on God, we want to see a breakthrough. And then we sing the song, Break every chain, break every chain. I'm here, yeah, break.
break every chain. Come on, if you need something broken, you're believing for something, but you've laid it down and said, I just don't know if I can believe for that anymore. I want to open this front and we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe for God to do the extraordinary because He's the God of the impossible, the God of miracles. And even if we don't see it shift immediately, come on, believe God can do it. It's His timing, yeah? We just have a responsibility to say, I have faith in you, Jesus. You've done it before, you can do it again. So as the team sing, don't just stand there. Don't leave today without knowing that God's going to do something in you. Come on, some of you need that miracle to rise up again. Some of you need to put that faith and that trust again that God can do this. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Brazound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.